Our book of discipline uh, articulates peace with justice in this way. It says, peace with justice witnesses to God's demand for a faithful, just, disarmed, and secure world. Now, traditionally, um, in the United Methodist Church, uh, in the calendar, we celebrate peace with justice right after Pentecost. One of the ideas being that as we uh, celebrate that time in which the Holy Spirit came amongst the the apostles and and all the thousands of people who were gathered, um, they received all of them received this mission of going out. You know, going out into the world, going out into the community and um, being a part of this restoration and the reality that this restoration is not just a spiritual one. Right. It's not just about the restoration of our souls. It is about the restoration of life, life of individuals and maybe even particularly the lives of those who have been harmed. This restoration we call justice. The ministries of justice mean that we not only try to work with and that we try to respond to systems in place which uh, play a role in that very need for those ministries, but we also have to take that continual look, uh, the, the big picture scope, asking questions, um, how is the world at work? How are systems put into place and what are they doing to others? By the way, that also includes our systems as the church and we seek justice with peace it's important for us to remember that that that's what god is calling us to live into is to seek justice with peace and so a heart of peace guides our view they guide our responses meaning that we do not pursue justice for our own benefit but we are constantly being called to look at that bigger picture looking at a timeline that may exist long after us And so we know that the work that we do may not seem monumental in the moment. It may seem dry, it may seem boring, it may even seem unaffected. But it also connects us with all of the work which has been done before us and all of the work which will go on after us. Paul, in his letter to the Romans in chapter 5, writes of this peace that we can have, not just in the pursuit of justice ministries, but simply the peace that we can have. He writes, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Not only that. But we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Waiting produces endurance. I think about this every time I read that passage or I hear it being preached because It can sound very inspiring until we are the ones who are having to wait, and especially in terms of what we are waiting for. The African-American mystic and theologian, Pastor Howard Thurman, the grandson of a slave, knew much about waiting. In his book, Disciplines of the Spirit, Thurman discusses the ways in which commitment, wisdom, suffering, prayer, and reconciliation, all of those things can be cultivated as spiritual resources. 
among other things, for overcoming those trials of injustice and of waiting associated with things like racism in our society. And as he talks about endurance, he explains it in this way. To learn how to wait is to discover one of the precious ingredients in the spiritual unfolding of life, the foundation for the human attribute of patience. Now, it's important for us to remember that Thurman also goes on to say patience is more than just this passive endurance. It's more than just this. Well, this is how it has to be. And I have to wait for something different. He goes on to say one has to take a hard and searching look at the environment, particularly the context in which one is functioning and respond accordingly. So he suggests that this tutoring, this learning and teaching of the human spirit as a form of self-mastery and, and even social protest at times, this is part of what leads into that individual but also communal journey to freedom. This may feel like a very unpeaceful time. I mean, take your pick. The airline is a horrible mess during a time when all of us want to travel there's a war going on in Ukraine. We are at odds because of decisions in the Supreme Court. There was another shooting in Highland Park that happened uh, weeks ago. The assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. I mean, fires all over the place. Not to mention the fact that we're still in a pandemic. How can we possibly find peace? And so in Paul's writings in Romans 5, this is a reminder that we are in a relationship in the midst of all of this. We are in a relationship with God, not because of our efforts, not because of what we do, or maybe even more importantly, what we do not do. But we are in a relationship because God first reaches out to us. And so through that faith, we enter into that relationship. And in the midst of that, we discover hope and peace and perseverance, even in the midst of suffering. Another theologian by the, by the name of Paul Tillich puts it this way. We are accepted by God, although being unacceptable according to the criterion of the law. So then this kind of goes back to that traditional theology that if it were by the law standards, we would have no hope. But God gives us that hope. But this is the more important thing I think we should t pay attention to. All we must do, he writes, is accept this acceptance. All we must do is accept God's acceptance. Do we accept being accepted? We know that that sentence, that famous hymn, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It's not just about being peaceful toward the world and other people. Are we at peace with ourselves? Are we at peace with who we really are? Are we at peace by being accepted and loved by God? To put it bluntly, do we really believe God loves us? That may seem like a simple question, but it's really not. Not if we have personal history of at times accepting the fact that God could accept someone like us. In those times when we feel like we don't fit, like we don't belong. 
Paul's focus on the person's relationship with God. And by the way, this isn't just an individual relationship with God. This is our relationship with God. It is important in the midst of that to understand that relationships are created and they are sustained through grace. And what creates the relationship is the acceptance of the other. The other person with all of their character defects as much as their strengths. Relationship is all about acceptance. And when we experience God's acceptance, when we experience that we are accepted by who we are, not by what we do or by what we do not do, that is when we are able to act. That is when we work. That is when we minister, when we can act for peace and justice. We act with a heart of peace, which leads us to pursue true justice, not for the sake of punishment or retribution, not for the sake of self-recognition, not for the sake of catharsis. We pursue justice so that all people know they are accepted. And in those times when unacceptance When hurt, when injustice has taken place, then we work toward that restoration. We work toward bringing that reality of harm to light. And that cannot happen unless we first connect with each other. So what are we? I mean, what are we really? Fundamentally, biologically, spiritually, penultimately, what are we? Are we? Hopefully this last week you saw at least some of the news footage of the Webb telescope. NASA presented it. It was all over the news. And I hope you saw these images because these are just beyond fascinating. These are not artistic expressions, by the way. These are actual images that with the power of this telescope bring them together, we are able to see the way the universe was over 13 billion years ago. That's how long it's taken for this light to come into our access. This is the way the universe existed almost at the very beginning. I mean, it's, I'm not a science geek by any means, but these pictures have just been absolutely fascinating. And one of the things that really caught my attention is when I was listening to one of the astrophysicists talk, they were talking about, you know, the formation of some of these galaxies and specifically of planets, planets that could potentially support life and the makeup, you know, the, the hydrogen and, and the oxygen. And at one point, the scientist said, this makes us up biologically. This is where we came from. And I just kind of sat on that for a moment. We all come from the same source. As beautiful as these images are, and there are a few more, this is also showing us where we come from. All of us, every single one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what language we speak, our origins are the same. We come from the same stuff. Astrophysicist uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson puts it so beautifully. When we remember our origins, when we remember that we are the same, that we have more in common than apart in the ultimate sense, when we realize who we are and where we come from, that is how we are able to find peace. A few weeks ago, back on Ascension Sunday, right after the mass shooting which had taken place in Uvalde, we 
went over the ascension story in which Christ ascended into the heavens and all of his followers continued to look up in the sky and the angels asked the question, why do you keep looking up? There is a difference between looking up to avoid and looking up to remember. There's a difference between looking up as though some supernatural occurrence is going to save us from the things that Christ actually requires and commands us to participate in ourselves and remembering where it is that we come from so that we can also know where we are going. To remember that each and every one of us comes from the same dust in the ground, which first came from the stars. To dust you come from and to dust you shall return. When we remember who we are, what we are, that is part of the journey toward not just peace, not just inner peace, communal peace, but it is also the path to justice, to respond to those in need around the world. This tiny, teeny, tiny, vast little speck in God's universe And yet a speck that God loves and adores, who calls us to be a part in ministries of peace and justice in the world. So you may have noticed there are some handprints on the portrait. Uh, Mr. Ron has informed me that he has invited folks uh, here today. If you would like uh, to put your handprints on this painting, you are welcome to do so. I can't guarantee you'll be able to wash the painting off. But we do have restrooms to help with that. But um, what Ron was sharing was uh, peace and justice happen when our hands come together, when we do the work together. And so as part of that artistic expression of who we have been called to be as First United Methodist Church of Lakeland, Florida, our hands come together. So if you would like to be a part of this portrait of this ministry, you are invited to do so. As well, we have another physical representation of our dedication toward peace and justice ministries. Many of you have heard about the peace poll that we've been working to make a part of our campus. This is going to get planted um, over here on the west side on the corner near our swan statue and flagpole. And uh, we are dedicating it. You are dedicating it this day. Uh, as I said, Pastor Nikki, who is a part of our Peace and Justice Committee, um, wrote these words that I want to share with you. A peace pole is an internationally recognized symbol of the hopes and dreams of the entire human family, standing vigil in silent prayer for peace on earth. Each peace pole bears the message, may peace prevail on earth, in different languages on its sides. Our peace poll, which will go out, is in eight languages, English, Spanish, French Creole, American Sign Language, Ukrainian, Chinese, Arabic, and Hebrew. Actually, it's nine because we also have Braille right here in the middle. She goes on to write, I would like to give thanks to those who made this possible. The Peace and Justice Committee, the trustees, our staff, and fellow pastors, I am thankful that this will stand on our campus as a public proclamation of our commitment to diversity and inclusion and our fervent prayer that peace may prevail on earth. And so what she has been asking in all services is if you feel called and wish to do so to extend your hands, that your blessing, that God's blessing may be connected to this. And as Pastor David has said in his sermon, this is not the model for peace. Or at least it's not the end model. This is not an accomplishment. It is yet one more step to the journey that we are taking. And so maybe may we be a part of this blessing and this prayer. 
Oh God, with the blessing of this peace poll, we pray may peace prevail on earth, not just in the places that reflect the peoples and languages represented here, but in every place around the world. God, we ask that this peace poll serve as a reminder that we are instruments of your peace in this world. Let there be peace on earth, O Lord, and let it begin with us. Amen. And so, as always, may we go in peace, but may we also go in justice. Amen.